Hello and welcome to the Green Industry Podcast. This show is all about helping lawn care and landscape professionals take your business to the next level. Your host, Paul, is the best-selling author of Cut That Grass and Make That Cash and the brand new book, Best Business Practices for Landscapers, now available on Audible. Here's your host, Paul Jamison. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to today's episode of the Green Industry Podcast. We got Jake Dent as a special guest on the show here at the Podcast Summit in Maryland. What's up, Jake? What's up? What's up, man? How are you doing? You're having a good time, man. Having a ball. It's better than working. You've been on the oh, Kick Contractor podcast, LCR Media podcast, and the Fence Industry podcast? Not the Fence, but um, Nailers. Okay, Nailer and Caleb so yes. far. And yours. Now you're going to be a guest on our show. We're here at the um, Podcast Summit. Thanks to our friends at Kohler Engines. They're um, sponsoring this event. Nick, opening up shop. Mm-hmm. They're uh, building mulch mates as we speak. And uh, working, and uh, they're letting us hang out here for the day and podcast and uh, LCR Media. Kohler Engines put it all on. Kohler's got an event coming up, guys, February 20th through 24th in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. I'm planning on being there day of, or, or many days of education, speakers, networking opportunities, swag, equipment demos, live panel, and more. Come hang out with Kevin Hansen, the lawn care juggernaut, Spencer Lawn Care, Top Notch, Brian Shane, Mike Andes. Randy Haskell, Countryside, The Almonds, Copper Creek Cuts. Hello, I'm Brad Bear. You ever see those on uh, YouTube? <laughs> He'll be there, and uh, Ricky and myself. So um, thanks again to Kohler for sponsoring this event, and they'll be hosting their own event coming up February 20th through 24th. Jake's Lawn and Landscape. What's the story, my man? Oh, well, um, so basically, um, if you... I did a little bit of backstory on uh, Naylor's podcast, but I'll do one here on yours. Um, I feel like, you know, a broken record when you talk a lot all day. So basically, um, I want to say about 19, um, I was at like a crossroads with, you know, my family business, working with them, doing seafood. I come from a seafood family, doing a seafood business. Growing up- What the, city y'all from? Well, how do you have seafood? Um, Dumfries. Where's that at? Um, so it's, it, it's it, it backs up on the Potomac River. Oh, really? Yeah, so like- Growing up, I grew up five minutes from the Potomac River. Like, literally, like, you just dock your boat right there on the river, and it's, you know, the whole entire river. Just grew up on it. Generations of uh, fishermen, crabbers, you know, my dad did, did it, his dad, and so on and so forth, you know. So, mm-hmm. it's kind of like a, it's in your blood. I, you know, my last name is very, like, known where I'm from. And you're kind of known, like, as, you know, seafood, like, you know, crabber, fisherman, whatever. Like, you know, uh-huh. all my uncles did it. My bro- my dad's brothers, they have their own little seafood thing where they live. Um, more, you know, not in the same area, but, you know, south and east. Uh-huh. And so, uh, basically, I mean, I helped them with that growing up. And then, you know, I got really, like, personable, learn people skills, kind of, like, talking to customers. And, like, I got... I got like really good with talking to people through that. Mm-hmm. And, um, at 19, I kind of, well, a little bit before that, cause I left my helping my, my dad and my family mm-hmm. to help my brother. Mm-hmm. And then, um, I started helping my brother start one up with my cousin. And that was like, started, that was like two years. I, I helped them for like two years maybe. And then about 1920, um, you know, when you realize that something's not in your heart or you don't like something yeah, and you kind of get burnt out, not even burnt out doing it, but like you have like, you hit like that mental breakdown wall where you're like, 
not even like you know you don't even like it. You're like in tears from it because it's just so overwhelming. You don't want to be doing it no more. You know, I used to coach basketball, and we'd have these summer camps, mm-hmm. and 80, 90 percent of the kids loved it. They're just out there hooping and playing ball, and they they love it. But there would be like ten percent of the kids, their parents would make them play. Like yeah. you know, junior, you're gonna play basketball. You, they want them to be like the star. The kid wants to go, you know, run around, run around, and 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 and, and, and do, do something, something else. Completely different. And it's like there's nothing as a coach, there's nothing I could do other than than want to like tell the parents, hey, your kids, your not kid's a, not a basketball player. No, like you're forcing it. Yes, I can't do anything. Like I felt bad. It's like the kid, the poor kids, like. It's no like ambition. miserable to yeah. sit there and dribble the ball and, you know, brick another shot. And they just, and it, and so anyway, it's crazy. Sometimes when you have family business or fa- everyone's, anything. everyone's a crab, everyone's a fisherman. Yeah. Maybe you want to do it recreationally to have fun on a weekend or whatever, but not as or your career. Cook, cook for, you know, a cookout. Yeah. And that, that, that sounds that, pretty good. Oh, actually. it's amazing. So many people hit me up from it <laughs> and I'm like, Oh, you know, it's like, it's a good thing. To but have in your but that's pocket. great. Um, self-awareness that you recognize God's got a different calling for my life yeah. than, than this. 100%. And I mean, I think that's what it's all about, you know, like calling and expectations and, you know, knowing your life's not just calling, but purpose and like what you want and what you want to go after and kind of channel that and focus that, whether it's like landscaping or, you know, in my family aspect, crabbing should just, you know, take that step or take that drive and that initiative to, to put your feet and get your feet in the water and get wet and see what it, to where it goes. And that's kind of what uh, my story was when I left, you know, completely walked away from the whole seafood industry because my whole family did it. And it was, you know, looking back, it's like, you know, I'm like the black sheep of my family, I guess I should say, because I'm doing completely something completely different than, you know, no one else really thought about or could think of because it's just different and it's not in, you know, in the ream. So at 19, I walked away and, I had a mower, bought a mower in 2017, and I still have it to this day. And I mean, it's what been, kind of mower? It's a Hustler 54 with okay. a uh, 25 horsepower Kawasaki. Yeah. And then I got a, a stand. I got not a stand on two walk behinds, and then a, a Club Cadet 50. Okay. And I do all my mowing with that. Um, I, I mean, I kind of transitioned to mowing, and but uh, my bigger, my bigger money comes from landscaping. So I do landscaping, and um, I own a dump trailer. I bought a dump trailer when I was 21. I financed it when, you know, when my credit got, you know, and the whole story behind my dump trailer is I really didn't get it to do mulch. I got it to, to haul wood for my pawpaw because mm-hmm. uh, he burns wood. So in the spring, when the spring came, I still had the monthly payment and I wasn't really, I had to utilize it. And I'm like, I know I'm going to use it for mulch. And once customers that I mow with or mow for or do anything with, I started advertising just anything, like anything I put in the dump trailer, whether it be junk or mulch or brush or anything like, you know, mm-hmm. I just started advertising and, you know, one thing led to another thing to another thing. And it just, you know, transpired from there to, you know, I got business from it. Mm-hmm. And um, I think because of that, you know, taking that initiative and having that equipment, it really catapulted me into feeling confident and comfortable to go out and get more jobs and to do more. And basically with the, um, with the lawn or the lawn care side, like, you know, I was able to break it up and manage that. And then also take on more work and more clientele um, other than just mowing. So that's where that came from with my dump trailer. And then eventually you figured out there's big money in uh, cutting down trees and hauling that out, hauling that away. So how did you get introduced to the tree work? And then how did you get appropriately structured for, you know, insurance and legalities with also, um, just tell us the tree story because you told me off air, but I want yeah, you to share Yeah, so it. basically, um, once I realized, you know, I had 
I had a little bit of knowledge, but I have like connections. I have um, people that do it too, and they're a little bit bigger than me, and they and they, they do it for a buddy or they do it for this. And then they kind of told me, you know, um, I got a hold of a person that climbs that climbs really like well. And so um, I reached out to him when I had a client, you know, ask about a limb and it wasn't nothing big. It was something I felt comfortable doing mm-hmm. and whatnot. And um, I told him, you know, my story too. And like how I was, you know, not fully like, you know, a hundred percent, but I have a guy that I climbs for me and told him straight up and they felt comfortable with me doing the work. And so I called him up, made the, set up the job. And basically it was like, um, it was an oak tree. It was two oaks, like overhanging the basketball area mm-hmm. like where they played basketball. He came in, climbed it up, got up in the tree, and and literally forty five minutes, the whole the whole half of the tree was down, and it all fit in my dump trailer, and it was like maybe three hours worth of work, and I profited, I think, I job a thousand, so it was like, and it was just me, and the, and I paid the two guys cash, and you, you could know. mow you could mow a property forty two times a year, and maybe make a thousand bucks when you calculate all the expenses yes. from running a business and here you are with the light bulb moment that i you know have had and many others yes. like wait a minute i just made th- a thousand bucks profit because you, you paid your your tree climber yeah straight you know, cash and then you you, you made uh profit and he has the skill set of knowing yes. the cables the ropes the the yep. safety of all of that bought his own equipment i mean of course i had my chainsaws to cut everything up on the ground but i mean pretty much my vision or my mindset is if it can get on the ground i can get it away Mm-hmm. You know, I can get it hauled out. So he comes in and I mean, I'm like, granted, I've never touched a tree in my life other than to cut wood up from a football. So I'm like, my heart's pounding. I'm kind of nervous. And, you know, at this time I wasn't like legit. I didn't have LLC or nothing. And I told the customer that I was like, you know, if I drop it on the basketball court, I'll move, I'll move the basketball hoop. Cause that's the only thing in the way. Mm-hmm. So everything else was wide open and she trusted me and I was like, I'll take care of you and I'll give you a good deal. Cause um, I, I charged her 1300. So I profit thirteen, or I profit a thousand. I gave the climber three hundred because it only took him like an hour to get both branches down, and then he actually stayed and helped cleaned up, which was very cool. And from that moment on, I kept him in my back pocket in case you know I had a customer or a client wanting tree work. And you know, I do. I'm, I'm like, yeah, I can. Like, I had the confidence from that job to to in my head be like, okay, I can. I feel comfortable doing this, or I feel like okay going on that limb and and doing that. And mm-hmm. and like I, if you. Uh, like I said in um, Caleb's um, podcast, my goal and my vision is to get away from landscaping and probably mowing and go into tree work because I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. It's fun. And especially with the storm we just had, I've been slammed with just cleanups, like left and right, left and right. I, I just got off the phone with a customer that I got to go to tomorrow. So it's just like, it's never ending. So, so how do you calculate the prices on all this to, to cover your overhead, your salary, all, all the expenses around the business to pay the climber mm-hmm. and... uh I mean, people will pay thousands of dollars yes. to remove trees or even to do some pruning uh, mm-hmm. to, to high, high, you know, heights and trees. There's big money in trees. How do you kind of ha- have figured out what to price these jobs and what's the market and things like that? So basically, um, I actually went off on a, not really a limb. I kind of... Um, no I, pun intended. <laughs> exactly. Not literally, but um, I had a... You don't part- want to go off the limb. <laughs> yeah, literally, because that's not good. I wouldn't have to call it... You'll be on the news. <laughs> yeah, or in the hospital. Then I wouldn't be able to work. But um, I had a, a friend um, want some tree work done, and she ended up reaching out to me knowing like I do landscaping, and she didn't really know if I did tree work or not because you know, it's like hit or miss. But um, she got quotes and prices from like... I think three different companies and it was a good amount of tree work. It was a, it was a 19 um, tree or job. It was 19 trees. 
and some companies ranged from 7500 and then others were like one was 10 grand and all she was doing was just trying to get you know the opening um she was getting a pool put in and then so she wanted uh, there was like a whole area she just wanted all the whole all the trees just taken away so the sun could hit where the pool's going to be mm -hmm. so i went in there and um it, it wasn't like it sounded like a lie it was 19 trees but the biggest the biggest side of it all was like there was five big bigger trees it was four red oaks and then um one popular or poplar. poplar. Yeah, if you're not, you know, if you're familiar with tree terms. And then the rest were like smaller, like um, beach, like, you know, about the size of your arm. Mm -hmm. And we took care of like those. So basically, you know, she she kind of gave me like a, a platform of like, okay, get prices from them and I'll come in where I feel like I'm going to make money. As long as I make enough to cover all my guys or the equipment that I rent and I still make between, you know, 15 to two grand in a day. And I'm getting my, especially young like that right now, and in the bit, like in the beginning, where I don't, you know, sometimes you don't make a profit. But if I can make a profit and put my name out there and do a really good job, and the customer's happy, at the end of the day, I feel like it's a win-win. Especially if I'm enjoying, I enjoy doing it. Mm -hmm. So I, I came in at five grand, and that's what the price I gave her, and she was really happy with that, and I was happy with it because you know my climber, depending on how long the job takes or if it's an all-day job, I, I still pay him cash and whatnot because you know cash is king. It's easier. And um, then if I have helpers like on the ground or somebody like if I run a piece of equipment, as long as all my overheads, like the equipment, their daily rental, all that's covered. And I spend, you know, 15 to two grand in that. And I still bring home solo all that just for my truck and, you know, my trailer mm -hmm. and my payments and, you know, the overhead, like you said, I can I can still make a decent profit. And, and especially in a whole day, you know, mm -hmm. you go you some like you said, you do the mowing or even a mulch job. You charge two two grand to twenty five hundred for a mulch job between the material, the time, fuel going back and forth, and you only probably see maybe a thousand, sometimes eight hundred, and I mean that just barely pays like you know your your everyday expenses. So the tree works not just fast and efficient; it's it's like bigger one hit month, you know jobs like money wise. Yeah, and it's I noticed a, that a specialty for sure. We're gonna take a quick break, folks. I'm gonna drink some of this. Uh, delicious Essentia water provided by LCR Media and uh, enjoy a little cough drop action here and uh, we'll have more with Jake from the Potomac River <laughs> Cherry Hill yeah Cherry, Cherry Hill that's where I'm from yeah Cherry oh, Hill oh that's a real place it is a it's, a, it's a, generations of family have grown up there and it's okay. a, it's a place I used to work for Cherry Hill Photo <laughs> no probably not related <laughs> yeah, maybe not <laughs> folks it's time for a quick break right back It's Brittany here with the Hardscape Academy. If you're serious about keeping good, qualified people around, then you have to train them. You can say, well, what if they leave? I've trained them and I've spent all this time and resources on it. But what if they stay and you haven't taken that time to train them and they're not able to grow within your company and run their own jobs? That falls on you. So check out the hardscapeacademy.com to train yourself and your crews. This month, we're going to be launching our Crewman Paver training video. This video is for your employees. It is the how to hardscaping and not so much the why everything is done the way it is. In this 45 minute video, you'll be able to brief your employees on paver installation basics so they're ready to crush the day on site with you. The hardscapeacademy.com is the place to get skills and training for you and your crew so you can excel as a professional hardscaper and grow your company. You'll learn all the techniques and best practices to properly install pavers and retaining walls. Check out the hardscapeacademy.com. 
Hello, Green Industry Podcast listeners. This is Xander Kirby with Pure Marketing Agency. Many of you may have heard me as a friend of the show as I'm a huge believer in Paul and our great landscaping community. Five years ago, I began Trifecta Landscaping with zero experience, and by God's grace, we have grown into a multi-million dollar debt-free company. I was able to do this in large part with having a great understanding on social and digital marketing, and that is why we are now launching my new company, Pure Marketing. Every thriving business needs a top-of-the-line website, consistent and creative content, and full optimization of Google and digital footprints. If you're ready to grow your business and for new clients to discover you, contact our team for free at puremarketingteam.com, where we focus purely on marketing so you can focus purely on your business. Hey, Landscaper, do you work hard all year for freedom but still feel as though your money controls you? Unfortunately, because you can't give bookkeeping your full energy or focus, it just sits there most nights untouched, continually haunting you? Because your business demands your time elsewhere, you need a personalized bookkeeping solution dedicated to your industry. Gulf Coast Bookkeeping, now known as the Landscaping Bookkeeper, is dedicated to giving your time and peace of mind back through our monthly bookkeeping service. You can begin this partnership with us today by going to gulfcoastbk.com and scheduling a 15-minute phone call. We want you to become a confident and informed business owner. We'll take care of your grain so you can take care of theirs. Schedule a 15-minute call today at gulfcoastbk.com. All right, Jake, we are back. That was a lovely uh Water, man. I'm I'm used to drinking uh, Deer Park. Yeah. So when I get this Essentia treat, man, it's nice. It's like Bob Boucher. Water, water, water. <laughs> from Waterboy. <laughs> now uh, the Potomac River. So when we were flying up here from Atlanta, mm-hmm. thankfully I got to sit on a window seat on the left side of the plane, and we we're following the river. I think it was the Potomac because I I saw it go into Washington D.C. What's the big skinny building? The Washington Monument. Monument. Yeah. I saw that when I looked out the window. It looks like a pencil. Yeah, because the the plane, I guess, can't fly over the White House and stuff. They yeah. they keep it to the right a little bit. Mm-hmm. So we were we were flying, whatever the distance was for the law or whatever. Mm-hmm. But still, when I'm looking out the window, I'm I'm seeing the river. Yep. And it goes all the way right into D.C. Correct. Yep. And then the the Washington Monument was on the right. So that's cool looking out the window because I was like, oh look, man, it's like <laughs> I, I've seen all this stuff yeah, on TV, cool. but I could see it out the window of my plane. So where on the Potomac were you? Did you? ever take the boat up could you go right into washington dc it may actually where does um, it dead end so it actually it doesn't dead end it just goes in so basically the potomac goes into the chesapeake and then the chesapeake Mm -hmm. goes into the atlantic i'm pretty sure i mean i wasn't big on the ocean stuff but um yeah you can actually so from where we crabbed and fished or where my dad did and you know family and generations they um they was like close to where we live and it wasn't too far but you know sometimes the job called to go out and you could you can go to DC by the water and it's, it's possible. It's a, it's a hike, but it's, it's, it's doable. It's okay. pretty interesting. I've never done it by in person. Um, I have buddies that did to take their boats and it's, it's a, it's a whole, it's a whole like day trip. Oh, okay. It's pretty neat. So. Yeah. That'd be a big gas bill probably. <laughs> if you have a big boat, but if you have like a, you know, like a Carolina skip for like a hundred horsepower motor, you can get up there in one whole tank. Oh really? Yeah. My, my dad probably did all the, all, all the time back in the day. Okay, so that's a big thing around here with these. Yeah, these ri- it's a river, right? Yep. Now, 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 what kind of water comes from the Atlantic Ocean? In, uh, um, so, does that water come into the salt water? Yeah. At what point does it come different? It, so, like, basically, when it meets the Chesapeake, is from what I've been told, it gets brackish, and then it gets filtered down a little more, and then then it's all like natural fresh water in the Potomac. Oh really? Yeah, from what I'm told, and then like the like the ocean side is all like strictly like sea salt, 
whereas like the the bay, like Ch- like Chesapeake Bay, mm-hmm. is like a mix. Oh, okay. That's what I've learned. But I mean, I've, it's been so long since I I've don't done have. It. Let me look at the map here. <laughs> the Chesapeake Bay. I got away from it so long ago. It's just like something oh, I've been asked. Man, yeah, I, it's big. It's always Potomac is, River. Is that this thing right here? Yeah, that's the Chesapeake Bay. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then you got the small channel rivers that flow into that. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then there's Atlantic Ocean. Then mm-hmm. if you go north, you hit New York City. Yep. And it all it all connects. When I started this podcast journey, you know, I never knew I'd be traveling around the country. So I, sometimes I just don't realize, you don't realize exactly where I'm at. I got to look at the map and be like, oh. Totally right. understandable. We're at Mulchmate right now, guys. Literally looking out the window at the airport. Mm-hmm. Planes are coming in and out. It's pretty cool. So this is your hometown, though, area. Um, Not area. here, but... Th- I'm in... Uh, Dun- uh, so basically, Woodbridge, Virginia, slash Dumfries, uh, Prince William County. I'm from Virginia. Mm-hmm. And it's about an hour drive um, north here. I'm south. Okay. So not far at all. I didn't have to take a plane. Thank God. Yeah. I got you. Well, back to your business. Um, what's been the biggest thing you've learned about tree work? And what would be your recommendation to somebody who's maybe mowing and doing mulch? And, and they're getting asked quite a bit, mm-hmm. you know, hey, do you cut down trees? Or, hey, you know, we have this tree overhanging the basketball hoop or the pool or the house. Yes. Or what do you think about this tree? And, and uh, just starting to learn the names of the trees. Like, mm-hmm. what would you say to somebody who's just starting? Maybe they're not ready to hire a climber to... Go you know, up. risk it all and yeah. go up the tree and cut it down. But but to slowly get into that so eventually one day you can actually make money with tree services. What have you learned through the school of experience? So um, basically what I've learned is, one, are you comfortable running a chainsaw? And do you know how to run a chainsaw? Mm-hmm. And two, do you or do you have like the skill set to notch and cut the tree the right way? Do you know the weight? Can you look at a tree from the ground and know how it's going to fall if you notch it a certain way? And also, do you feel comfortable enough in yourself to sell a job to know like if it goes wrong, it's going to be it's going to be bad because mm-hmm. once you know, once you cut the tree, it's unless you don't know where it's going, it's really going to do its own thing. Mm-hmm. And I've seen that happen, not me personally, like with myself, but just in li- like, you know, just in other aspects of my life, like from buddies and stories and all that, like it could go really bad if you don't know what you're doing and you have to like the cost factor of, um, when I called for my insurance, like it went up a little, it went up a lot. A lot. <laughs> not a yeah, little. Yeah. Not a little. Like if I thought it was going to be a little, but like, um, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be, but it was just more like the phone call. I was like, okay, well, you know, pay, let's pay that yearly just so I don't have that monthly payment. And then, um, then I'm, you know, that side. And then, um, sometimes I get hired under other contractors or so their insurance kicks in. So they know, they trust me. They know, and I know what I'm doing, but, um, I would just say basically, you know, just have the experience, um, if you've been around it, you know, know that, you know, your terms, like know what you're talking about to where when you talk to the customers, you know, they can trust you, like, you know, sell yourself and sell your business, like to where your terms make sense. And when you talk to them, you know, it, they're understandable that you, you know, the trees, you know, you know what you're talking about. Some of them don't care. Most of the time they just want the tree taken down, which is, you know, good because then that's mm-hmm. money in your pocket. But you just have to have the confidence within yourself to know that you know, you can get it done. How did you go from not knowing one name of a tree? You're, you're naming the oak and the, the poplar and, you know, the cherry. And you can just sit here and, and point at the tree and, and know what it is. How did you develop that 
education and, and that sells jobs like crazy yes. when you can sit there with a customer and you know in the name of whatever tree they're pointing to. I mean, that that, that means a lot. Yeah. Just uh, growing up in the woods, asking my dad, mm-hmm. straight up, just pointing, pointing, pointing. And you, in a visual memory, like when you see something enough, you kind of, you know, make note of it. Like when you see a car, you know what car that is. When you see like a, you know, a type of truck, you know what type of truck that is. Well, when you see the different barks and the different, um, great, like grain and the different smoothness and, you know, the different color leaves, the different size leaves. It's, it's just like, it's, it's almost, you do it enough. It becomes second nature. Like you just kind of know it like the back of your hand and growing up hunting and, you know, fishing and being out outdoors all, you know, most of my childhood, you know, going on walks with my, you know, dad and hiking and whatnot. And, you know, doing all that stuff. I grew up on three and a half acres and where I live was all wooded. You know, you kind of just, you know, ask questions. I was always like, Hey, what's that? What's that? What's that? What kind of tree is this? And then I would feel it look at it and like mm-hmm. look up at it and just you know just examine it and yeah kind of like like it back to the safety component we've had mark parker on this program before he's been on on fullerton's pro- podcast before as well he's got all kind of crazy stories of, of injury and death with chainsaws yes. in particular and so i don't want to i don't want to take that lightly i know in the atlanta market recently we've had a death the tree you know falling over and mm-hmm. taking someone's life so it, it's uh Big. tremendously dangerous it is and i know felipe saldana we had him on the program a few weeks ago his dad's a one of the most respected climbers in atlanta just phenomenal work Good. and uh you know i've watched chance wrigley wrigley tree service just looks like tarzan up there just <laughs> i mean it's that's how it should look yeah it, it's yeah. it's beautiful when when you have um decades under your belt and you can just put those spikes Pikes on and go right up but like you know climb like, right up ropes cables <laughs> and uh it's it's beautiful, but you got to I guess you you said you got to start with the competency on the chainsaw and, and not chopping off your Hand. your uh, knee or arm or, or finger body part. Yeah, and like, then from there gaining confidence with the numbers of of what you know the market. If the, these other companies are charging seventy five hundred or ten thousand yeah. on that job, they know why they they mm-hmm. have these big trucks to haul away to debris. They understand the insurances. They understand yep. it's it's a lot more than just getting your 36 inch mower it's it's, it's a risk it is is a risk and um the way i look at it is like you know if you can do if you can do one job you can do if i can do one job and have the confidence i can gain the confidence for any other job and do it as long as i learn it and have the confidence for it because i mean me myself i can you know i can talk to anybody i don't mind talking and i don't mind like selling myself it's just do i have the means do i have the confidence do i have the resources can i get rid of the debris you know do i feel safe doing this and mm-hmm. and some when i first started i i actually turned down a lot of tree work because of um they were asking and i and i couldn't do it i just didn't feel comfortable and because of it they actually called me back when i was able to and they really appreciate the honesty yeah that's that's really cool man well i really appreciate you sharing your story how can people connect with you jake so basically my uh, page is on facebook it's jake's lawn and landscape llc and then uh, my instagram i have my personal instagram which is dent boy 171 d-e-n-t-b-o-i 171 and then to that is uh, my landscaping instagram connected and it's uh, that landscaping boy okay well we really appreciate the time i think this is uh one of our first tree uh, specialization mm-hmm. uh, businesses that's been on the show. So I think uh, we say all the time, the riches are in the niches. Yes. Whatever that niche is, 
you yeah. can definitely make a lot of money when you fine tune everything and, and yes. do quality work. Quality work. You're, the tree's not falling and landing on their bed Mercedes. Do you have any <laughs> story of, of anything that uh, went wrong? Tree job um, went wrong? No, not really went wrong. I mean, actually um, doing, I mean, I know it's not good to rush and to get into a hurry, but uh, actually um, right before the week was over, um, it was just me by myself and I was just doing like a very small cleanup. And it wasn't nothing serious, but it was like the most recent thing I can think of because the storm came in, knocked so much down. I've been busy ever since. I'm, you know, I'm surprised I made time for this, but I wanted Thank to. Thank you. But I really wanted to, and I was, I'm excited I came. But um, Thursday, I was finishing up a client's uh, cleaning up job, and um, I climbed a ladder, got up on it. wasn't that high. It's just I wanted to be on the ladder just so I could reach it with the post hall. And I cut it, and well, the the it was a cedar, and it was a really not big tree. It wasn't even big at all. It just it was just the way it was angled. When it uh, I bottom cut it, and then I cut it from the top. And when it swung, it didn't swing in the way I wanted to, and it kind of like it landed near the ladder. And I was like, oh man, you know. But it didn't hit me, and okay. it could have went bad, and it could have hit the fence. And um, and the customer was like, well, you did pretty good from what I would have done. And I'm like, well, that's what I'm here doing what I can, you know, because yeah. I don't call my climber in unless I like I really like. Get him to get you know get up in a tree and mm -hmm. knock some important stuff down. If anything that's like close, I can you know handle it myself. But I mean, other than that, I mean, there's not really anything in the back of my head that like sticks out personally. So that's good. good. You didn't have a tree that's, hit that's a house or a car or a person. <laughs> no, you're not uh, yet. you're doing well. Hopefully, we <laughs> never. Pray that, yeah, <laughs> yeah, hopefully never. Well, that, but you, that brings up a good point. And we can end it here. Is, is you, even those small little jobs that you, you know, when you got the climber out, you're 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 paying attention. You're like, this yes. is dangerous. But some of those other jobs, not that they're not dangerous, you just kind of get careless. You underestimate them. Yeah. So that's it's uh, I could give a lot of sports analogies of that as well. Um, Ohio State Buckeyes in particular, you know, if they play a really good team, a lot of times they'll win, and then sometimes they got a, uh, you know. A team that's not uh, a, a bowl. Yeah, you know, they're 28, 32 point favorites and they're just, ah, we got this. And then they show up and get flat and then it ends up coming down the fourth quarter. So don't do that business. No. Jake, thanks for your time, my friend. Of course. Well, I hope you guys have been enjoying these episodes from the podcast summit. Thanks again to Naylor for uh, putting this all together. Nick Carlson for hosting us here at Mulchmate, Dawson Manufacturing, and then Kohler Engines for being a sponsor of this podcast summit. I definitely hope Naylor will consider doing this again next year, perhaps choose a warmer climate. So going north is great in the spring and summer. Beautiful. Uh, Midwest, East Coast, but uh, in, in January, man, uh, maybe I just need to buy a coat. I think that's what it is. I got off the airplane and they're like, yeah, just go stand outside and wait for the shuttle. And it was like 15 minutes. I was freezing. I actually think I texted her, called Naylor, like, you know, griping and complaining. And, and I realized I needed to uh, just wear a coat. I would have probably solved all my problems from freezing off that breeze off the Atlantic Ocean. But great news, friends. Our next uh, <laughs> community meetup is down in sunny Florida. Uh, if you're listening to this in real time, we're going to be doing a meetup in Tampa Bay at the Armature Works Park on February 5. Uh, you guys are invited. Come on out in the afternoon. You, you can just be following along. Uh, Brian's on maintenance. I'm in Landscape LLC. Myself, Naylor on, on um, Instagram here over the next few weeks. Uh, if you're listening in real time, and uh, we'll be posting uh, the details, but it'll be Saturday afternoon. February 5, Tampa Bay, Florida. Uh, that's um, year 2022. <laughs> I used to work in radio, so everyone listening was listening in real time. You're like, yeah, it's, you know, 307, seven after the, you know, uh, you know, bottom of the hour. And so everything was applicable. you right. News, weather, traffic was um, in the real moment. Well, in podcasting, someone could be listening to this in year 2023 
they show up on the wrong day for the event. So I just got to be mindful that uh, we get, you know, binge listeners that are listening in years beyond the creation of this show. But uh, anyway, Florida, I'm getting ready <laughs> for real, man. I've had the winter blues, so I'm, I'm definitely excited for some sunshine and warmer temperatures. Last but not least, guys, exciting news around here at the Green Industry Podcast, our brand new book, 101 Proven Ways to Increase Efficiency and Make More Money in Lawn Care is now available. This is the X's and O's, literally 101 actionable Practical Tactics to Grow a Better Landscaping Business. Uh, very different from my first two books. It's uh, cut and dry and literally, it, it's formatted in chapters, but it literally starts at tip number one and then tip number two, tip number three, and goes all the way to 101. So, uh, Mr. Producer's idea, I was just going to do 100, but he's like, no, you know, like 101 Dalmatians, it's catchy, 101. You think you can come up with one more tip? So I was like, yes. So, 101, Proven Ways. And if you're new listening to my show, I started a lawn care business in 2011 and I so got over 10 years of experience actually being out in the field, pushing the mower, doing the edging, blowing, putting down the mulch, doing that deal with that. And then in 2018, I started this podcast and have interviewed hundreds of lawn and landscape leaders. And so I've learned a lot from talking to folks much smarter than myself, as well as learning from the school of experience. And so I combined those two experiences and basically came up with what my top 101 tips are uh, for the X's and O's so you can make more money in your business and really run a more efficient operation. So I think this business, this book will add a lot of value to your business. Uh, it is available on the Amazon and Mr. Producer will put a link to 101 proven ways to increase efficiency and make more money in lawn care in today's show notes. Thanks for listening, friends, and hope you'll pick up a copy of my brand new book today. This has been a Jameson Media and Mr. Producer production.